Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. First Thessalonians chapter 5, you're probably wondering why I have this fire extinguisher up here. There's two things I always take with me. Two things I always take with me. One's a fire extinguisher and the other one's a cell phone. If you've run into me and Vaughn shopping, you would know that I've got a fire extinguisher and I got my cell phone. Costco, I've run into some of you in Costco and I've had my fire extinguisher and I've had my cell phone. Two things I always take with me. You know I'm kidding, right? <laughs> One I always take with me, my cell phone, because this is in constant connection to a network which keeps me in constant connection with my family, with my staff, with people in the congregation. I get texts, I get emails, I get phone calls and everything else. I'm always on my phone. I've always got my phone with me, always there because... I'm in constant communication. The other one, fire extinguisher, I don't take this with me anywhere. You know why? This is only used for emergencies. It's only used for emergencies. I got to ask you this morning, if God said to you, what is your prayer life? Is it more like a cell phone or is it more like a fire extinguisher? Is it more like you know, I only pull it out in emergencies, only when I need it. You know, I come to the Lord and I pray at those times. Or is it more like the cell phone, continually connected to a network, constantly in communication with the Lord? Because the Bible doesn't know prayer as only a fire extinguisher, only to be pulled out in emergencies. Yeah, that happens. We see it in scriptures. But it's always defined, the men of God, the people of God, are always called to be in constant communication with the Lord, not only for our own personal welfare, not only for our own spiritual growth personally, because that's the only way you're going to grow in your depth, knowledge, understanding, and intimacy with the Lord is through prayer. You read the Bible all you want, and I encourage that, but without prayer, it's powerless. It's no different than reading a book about marriage and seeing all the good things about marriage, but you never put it in practice with your wife. There's no relationship being built there. And yet in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it's one of the verses. Here's a good memory verse, verse 17, right? It says, pray without ceasing. That's your memory verse, three words long. Actually, only two Greek words. But pray without ceasing. That's what the Bible tells us in, in Romans chapter 12. Verse 12, it tells us to be in constant prayer. In constant prayer. Colossians speaks of it too. But when you look at that verse, what does it mean to pray without ceasing? I mean, really, is that possible? Bible instructs us, I want to live by it. I want to apply the scriptures in my life. I want to live it out because I know God's called me to it and God has given me the word of God to apply in my own life. 
to know him, to know myself, to know others, to know how to live for his glory, right? We exist for two things. We exist for the good of others and the glory of God. That's what we exist for, the good of others and the glory of God. And that's why the commandments can be summed up in two great commandments. Really, the great commandment is love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, Jesus said, love your neighbors yourself. So we exist for the good of others and the glory of God. And so with prayer without ceasing, is it even possible? As we look at this this morning, I want to talk about the meaning. What does it mean to pray without ceasing? Because we sometimes come across these verses, and here's a short verse. In fact, you read the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, there's like 16 short commands that are given to us to apply in our lives. And Thessalonians were known for living out their faith. Paul made mention of that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. He said, your faith is known everywhere. And yet he closes with these, and one of them is to pray without ceasing. But what does that mean? And I want to give you three things, really, what I believe that prayer without ceasing means this morning. First of all, praying without ceasing means a heart of dependence on God. Now let me explain that. Prayer without ceasing is more than having just a specific place and a specific time to pray. Now we know we're supposed to do that, right? Jesus even made mention of that prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And in verse 6 he said, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And we know that that's, we've all got our prayer closets. Hopefully you do. There's a specific place, maybe a specific time that you pray every day. But praying without ceasing means a deep abiding dependence on, upon God for all that we need in this world. It means there is a spirit of dependence that permeates all we do. This is the very spirit and essence of prayer. It's dependence. It's dependence on God. So when we're not in our prayer closet and focused prayer or consciously speaking to God, there is this deep abiding dependence on Him that is woven in the very essence of our faith. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus says this, but seek First, the kingdom of God is righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, he's not talking about praying without ceasing only. He's talking about seeking the kingdom of God, living out his commandments in communion with God, discovering God's will, his life, and all these other things will be added unto you. But his kingdom comes first. Why? Because our dependence is upon him. And I believe King Solomon is a wonderful example of this in the Old Testament. When you look at the principles in Scripture, you always find pictures in the Old Testament. That's what's so beautiful about the Word of God. There's continuity from Genesis to Revelation. So we read these principles in the New Testament, and we can actually find them lived out in the Old Testament. So the seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you, is seen in the life of Solomon because God appears to Solomon in a dream in 1 Kings chapter 3, and he tells Solomon, whatever you want, Solomon, I'm going to give you. Whatever you want. And you have to think about how would you answer that question today? If God appeared to you in a dream and he said, whatever you want, 
I will give you. How would you answer that? Well, Solomon says this. He says, I want wisdom to govern your people. In other words, he's putting God's kingdom first, and then God answers him by saying, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself. That's a James 4 principle right there. Sometimes we don't get our prayers answered because we ask amiss to spend on our own pleasures. And he says, not ask for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word, and behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. God answers his prayer. He says, you want wisdom? I'm going to give you wisdom like nobody's ever had before. Why? Because he wanted it to discern the will of God among God's people. And then God goes on to say, I give you also what you have not asked for. Both riches and honor so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And so when we look at prayer, it's living a life, praying without ceasing is living a life of dependence upon God in everything in life. That is the foundational principle because when we live a life that is in constant communication like our cell phone with God and not just those specific prayer times, God adds everything we need in this life. You know, there's a man who just graduated Teen Challenge, and he and his girlfriend lived in a car for five years. And they were on drugs, and they lived away from the Lord. They didn't know things of God. And they lived in a car for five years, and she gave birth to a little one. They have a child, and social services actually removed the child from them because of where they were living, the way they were living their lives and everything else. So he goes into New Creations. He finds Christ. She does the same thing. She finds Christ. He graduates. And so last Friday, a week ago this last Friday, we had put him through premarital counseling. They love each other. They have a baby together, all that. Put him through premarital counseling. We did the wedding right here in the foyer, all right? And there were only a couple people that attended the family, maybe five or six from his side of the family attended, put a few chairs out there, and then Ramon was the best man, Roxanne was the maid of honor, and I officiated the wedding right there, and social services brought the baby to the wedding, and they were there, and, and I specifically incorporate the gospel in times like that, because I want to hear I want them to hear the reason why it's all happening. At the end of the wedding, the marriage ceremony, I gave them the keys to an apartment that we're renting them. And social services gave them back the baby. Now, this is what God does. This is what God does when we depend on him. And that's what praying without saying. They had learned to go to God for everything. I mean, where are you going to go? Who are you going to go to? You're living in a car. Baby's taken away. And sometimes I am a firm believer, and thank God he does that. He strips us of everything in this world so we would become dependent on him and that we would seek him and that we would seek his face. And so 
One, praying without ceasing is having a heart. It means a heart of dependence on God and everything in life. We depend on Him. We trust on Him. We trust in Him. And then praying, secondly, without ceasing means praying frequently and faithfully. Now, let me say this. Some people have attempted to live out 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Praying without ceasing doesn't mean praying 24-7. Some of you are going to come across that verse and say, how in the world can you build that? I mean, I've got a job. I enter data into a computer. You know, i got to focus. I go to school. I'm a student. How would it look like if the teacher's up there teaching and I'm just on my knees in prayer? You know, and how does this work? How does this work? Well, it doesn't mean praying 24-7. There was a movement in the early church, 3rd century, and they were called the Desert Fathers. And they were monks, and they were ascetics, and they were priests, that all of a sudden they would see a verse like this, and they'd say, man, we got to pray without ceasing. So what they did, they went into caves, sometimes for years. They went into the desert, and they began to pray. And they would pray all 150 psalms, by memory, all 150, and every time they would recite a psalm, pray that psalm, they would throw a pebble into a bowl, and they would do that until the bowl was full with 150 pebbles, and they were there, man, isolation, praying without ceasing and everything else, and this is what actually gave rise to like the Greek Orthodox Church where they count prayers by knots in a rope, where the Catholics will pray with beads. They count their prayers with beads. They'll move from one bead to another. It started with the desert fathers in an attempt to pray without ceasing. And that's not what that verse really is telling us, that we go into the wilderness, that 24-7 we're in a prayer closet, we're, we're isolated, and it's just God in us. It goes beyond that. It's not referring to what most people would attempt that are trying to live a life of self-denial. The Greek word for without ceasing, it's one word. It's a dialeptos in the Greek. And there's two scholars that wrote a book. His name was James Moulton. The other guy was George Milligan. And they wrote a book entitled Vocabulary of the Greek New Testament. Or Vocabulary of the Greek Testament is the actual title. And in it they shed light on this by giving us a powerful insight to the meaning of what that Greek word means and really what they came up with and they said what it means in that situation is a word picture depicting an incessant cough. That's how they would use that sometimes, an incessant cough. We cough because we have to and even though we try to suppress it, the cough is still there. And so, you know, I remember when I had COVID-19, and, you know, anyone who coughs now, you can be in a grocery store line, and, and anyone who coughs now, they're like, oh, my gosh. You know, they turn around, oh, COVID, you know. And because that's what's in the minds of people. Told you when I was in Thailand, COVID broke out, and I had to fly from Chiang Mai down to Bangkok, and then Bangkok back up to Chiang Mai. And when this lady was there with her daughter sitting next to me on the plane, I asked, I didn't have COVID, but I coughed, and they got up and moved. And so that's when I thought, wow, this is great. I know how to get an aisle to myself now. Every time you fly, you just cough. Somebody's going to get up and move. And, you know, the thing is, is that when I did get COVID, I tried to suppress it, but I couldn't suppress it all the time. 
and, and you cough to try and bring alleviation to the throat. That's why you do that, to try to bring soothing to the throat. And praying without ceasing is like that. It's like during the day, all of a sudden something crops up in your life and you, you have this urge to pray. You have this urge to pray. And so all through our day, and you've experienced this if you're in tune with God, and it's like a cough. It starts to rise up in your, your heart. Somebody's life comes to your mind or a personal need or you're walking into a situation and all of a sudden you didn't plan on praying, you know, just like you didn't plan on coughing, but you didn't plan on praying. And the Holy Spirit just kind of drums that up, becomes like a cough. You have this urge and you end up praying. It doesn't mean you're praying loud or you're praying in front of everybody all the time. But the key to praying without ceasing is not praying 24-7, but it's praying with persistence. It is praying with persistence, faithfully, meaning that you're continuous in it, frequently, that it comes up during the day, that it isn't just a time like religious people have seen it in the past and they go into a prayer closet and boom, that's it. Or like the desert fathers out in the wilderness and they're out there and they're praying and they're memorizing the Psalms and they think that their relationship with God is actually going to grow that way. And I don't think it does, do you? I mean, the desert fathers, they've written some deeply spiritual stuff, but I don't believe our relationship with God ever grows just in isolation. It's necessary in communication with him and building an understanding and knowledge and a death. But if we really exist for the good of others and the glory of God, how do we grow in our relationship with him? And that's why I tell people, get into a life group. Because discipleship never takes place outside of the context of relationships. You can do all the Bible studies you want in the world, but if you're not interacting with people... And God ain't growing in your life during those times. Head knowledge is very different than heart knowledge. And see, the heart of God grows big in somebody's life when they're not just in tune with God, but they're in relationship with others. You believe that? Good. Get in a life group. <laughs> I'm going to move past something that I was going to do. I was going to actually talk about Luke 11. You can read it later. In Luke 18, there are two parables that Jesus told concerning prayer. And they're unique in the gospel of Luke because they put God by contrast, not by comparison. In other words, there's parables that are told to compare God to something or compare the kingdom of God to something. But here he contrasts it. One is in Luke 11, and really it's about a reluctant friend. That a friend goes to him at midnight and says, look, I've got this guy, he's been on a journey and I have no food in the house. And he goes to his friend's house and knocks on the door and the friend won't get out of bed right away. He's in bed with his children. In that culture, it probably meant that they were warm. Not that the guy was trying to be cold hearted, but that they found the warmth and everything else. But Jesus says, look, keep knocking and because of persistence, that guy's going to get up and give you that bread. That's what he says. And then the other one is in Luke 18, and it opens with Jesus telling this parable so that you wouldn't lose heart, right? You wouldn't lose heart in prayer and in praying, and it's about an unjust judge. 
and the persistent widow is there before the unjust judge. God is different than an unjust judge. He's different than the reluctant friend. He always gives willingly and freely, but Jesus was highlighting the need and the necessity for persistence in prayer. Sporadic prayer, I got to tell you, is not good. It's okay. But it's not good because it's persistent prayer that builds our relationship with God. It is persistent prayer that builds our relationship even with others on the level God wants to see it. And so in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, you know, in light of the reluctant friend and the unjust judge, it says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him. Forever would draw near to God, must believe that he exists. Now watch this. And he rewards those who seek him. God rewards those who seek him. The greatest reward is God himself. I mean, that, without a question, seeking God through prayer brings a depth of knowledge of God that otherwise wouldn't happen and a depth of intimacy that wouldn't happen. But God will reward those who seek him with answered prayer. Sometimes we don't think about that when that verse, but God rewards those who seek him in prayer. God rewards when people, and I believe it's God's will to heal, but you got to pray for it. I believe it's God's will that marriages are restored, but you got to pray for it. I believe that it's God's will to bring back children back to their families and in their homes, but you got to pray for it. I believe it's God's will to deliver you from the addiction that you're in, the bondage that you're in, but you got to pray for it. You know, we pray for people up here, and we want to encourage that. Come up, because there's power in prayer at the end of service. There, people have been healed up here. Relationships have been restored up here, because somebody stepped out in faith and said, I ain't leaving here until I go up and get prayer. And we need to know that. We need to see that. But you have to pray, too. It isn't just the... Oh, they're the anointed ones. They're going to pray. No, God gave us the tool of prayer for all of us. Open up your kid's bedroom at midnight and just open it up while they're sleeping and pray over them. One night I came back from Haiti. I was on a trip in Haiti, and it was Voodooville over there. And, you know, I was interacting with these voodoo priests and witnessing to them. One of them, a priest, just came to the Lord, burned her paraphernalia in the village. She actually really, truly, and now she's a part of the Bible studies there. But I came back and I had this horrible nightmare that something was going to happen to my daughter at that time. And I was fast asleep when that took place. And I just got up, man. I knew I had to obey the Lord on that. And I got up and I walked over and I, I went into her room and she didn't even know it and I was praying over her. Because this stuff's real. This stuff's real. God will reward those who seek him. Last thing I want to say this morning, and you're going, great. Man, it's only 11.05. Hold on. This is my longest point. <laughs> Praying without ceasing, and I'll tell you why we're going to turn to the Old Testament in a moment, because I think you need to do some Bible study on your own too. So, so we're going to turn there in a minute, but I want you to see this last point. Praying without ceasing means praying without giving up. It's different than faithfully and frequently. By that, 
I mean, it's praying without abandoning prayer. You say, what do you mean by that? There are people who've given up on prayer. They have literally given up on prayer. They've walked away from it. In fact, some of the people that I talk to and interact with in the community, when you start talking about Christ, oh yeah, I was there at one time. Well, why did you fall away? Many times they'll say, I quit praying one day. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.